Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In Daily Podcast. So I know for the last few weeks we've been a bit more serious, teaching you how to get into my school, tackling interviews, so we thought we'd do something a bit different and something a bit more fun. So today we're going to be debunking medical myths, giving you the lowdown on all these myths that are circulating and really telling you is it true or not. Alright, so we'll go straight into it. The first myth. You ready, Ams? Yeah, go for it. So, apparently, after you die, your hair and your nails continue to grow even if you're six foot under in that grave. True or false? Nah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> ah, why are you Bro, of course down? I know the whole script to this, man. Come he's on. Acting, he's acting. He knows what it is. All right. So, Let's what do we'll, the viewers so we'll do it to the viewers. Is it true that after you die... Your hair and your nails continue growing even though you're dead. Alright, you got one, two, couple of seconds, go. Have a think, let us know in the comments below. Alright, I can't wait, I'm too eager to start. So, essentially, when you do die, obviously all the processes in the body stops, all the cellular What's stuff the stops. What's the answer bro? The way these Let questions games work, What's the it's answer false, first? it's false. The reason why I'll tell you is, essentially, when you die, you have to imagine everything starts working and you start to shrivel, things start to shrink, you lose all the moisture in your body. And so imagine you have your hands and as you can imagine, it starts to shrink, mm-hmm. shrivel up and it gives the impression that your nails are growing when in fact they're the same length, it's just your skin around it is being retracted. Same as for your scalp. Yeah. The scalp, the skin kind of reduces, shrinks and it gives the impression your hair and nails are growing when in actual fact it isn't. And if it is growing, then something's weirdly wrong and we need to go back to the textbooks and sciences. <laughs> but it's, it's essentially happening. that. It's because your organs, your skin, everything starts to shrink. And as you can imagine, it gives the impression of your nails getting longer. Fine. Myth one, busted. That's it. Number right. two. Myth two, go on. This one vexes me. This one vexes me. And everyone believes it's true and will be like, let me tell you an interesting fact. All right. So, the average human eats eight spiders per year. True or False. All right, bro. Seriously, have you heard that one before? I've heard that a lot. I used to say it to people as well, but yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm guilty of telling people. Yeah, I did you know that eight, <laughs> you, you have eight spiders? So go on, tell them. Tell them the truth. Like, no, of course not. It's false. Of course, you have to be living in a cave or something, man. Like yeah. in a rainforest with your mouth open. Yeah. Like, how are you having eight spiders a year? Seriously, Fine. How are you gonna? Have the eight only way. A year? So, to be fair. There are some people that obviously sleep on their back and there are some people that sleep with their mouths open. Yeah. But the likelihood of eight spiders kind of climbing into your mouth, bear in mind, spiders tend to keep to themselves. Exactly. If that kind of makes and, sense. And so, in the corner, wherever. Yeah. So I don't know, someone may have swallowed the odd spider, but I think this is a myth. No. Um, but eight yeah. Eight spiders a year, bro. Definitely. We as humans do not ingest eight spiders every year. That's obscene. Um, spread the word. Myth number two. Busted. Busted. Okay, number three. All right. So myth number three is also another one I believed in. But hear me out. It's only after this that I kind of like, yeah, I was a bit silly. So have you heard parents kind of tell their kids, never swallow your chewing gum. Make sure you spit it out, <laughs> oh right? Because it's plasticky and it will be in your stomach for how many years? For seven or eight years, isn't seven it? or eight years. I actually believed it. I genuinely believed it, even as yeah, like a grown adult. Me. See, this is what I mean. How am I gonna do a question time with you <laughs> if you don't ask our views the question? Do you guys believe it? Yes or no? 
So chewing gum stays in your gut for seven years. True or false? Fine. If it's true, give us a like. If it's false, comment. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah, that's Let's fair. do it like that that's so fair. then we can know. Um, it's false. <laughs> Clearly it's false. Um, it does take slightly longer than other foods to digest due to the nature of chewing gum. However, within a day or two, you would have obviously passed it out. And if you haven't passed anything out, you're constipated. And Not, what is the solution? Bro, if, this is the solution. If chewing gum is staying in your gut for seven years, you need to go to a GP. You need to get... Referred to a gastroenterologist or a surgeon, you get your bowel cut out. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Something's not working. Or oh, they're going to put a camera. Like everything goes out within 20 to 48 hours, yeah? How are you going to have something in there for seven? That means your gut isn't working. No, but no, forget the scientific stuff. But it kind of does make sense. Because obviously you think chewing gum is like plasticky. It's something that you can chew on chewing gum forever. Yeah. I don't know if you can, but like, Wait, think on, about what it. What about this though? Wait, bro. What if the chewing gum sticks mm. in your gut from wall to wall? Yeah. Can it, and you you have say you swallow fifteen different chewing gums. That's can different. it cause obstruction? It technically can. When I was reading up reading it, <laughs> if you have an obscene amount of chewing gum, let's say you know, freshers fair or like freshers, yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. yamming down twenty chewing gums, it might cause an obstruction. Okay, but that's different. <laughs> so but yeah, that's different. So, so be different. mindful of that. So don't but chewing gum doesn't stay in your tummy for seven years you will pass it out and if you're not passing it out you're constipated you need to increase your hydration you need to increase the fiber or you need to go see a doctor so myth number three busted busted all right okay number four number four now this is one that i did in my youthful years as well yeah so true or false if you shave right the hairs grow up thicker and longer and the patches disappear true or false <laughs> I've tried it, clearly it didn't work. <laughs> clearly. It's sometimes when I'm shaving, I'm shaving skin. I'm literally shaving skin but, cells. But why why does it look it does it? No, so when you shave, it doesn't affect the rate of growth, it mm. doesn't affect how coarse it is, and it doesn't affect um the thickness of it. The reason as to why it's kind of perceived or people think mm. if you shave your hair grows back thicker, quicker, it's essentially the blade when it cuts it, it cuts yeah. at such an angle, at a blunt angle that when you rub your hands across it or something, it feels stubbly. You know that yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. So that gives the impression that it's thicker, and the angle at which you cut it. Yeah. So imagine, you know, the light it reflects, or when you see it, mm. it seems as if it's darker, so it's coarser when it's not. It's just the way the blade cuts it. So imagine mm. you have baby hair. It's nice and soft, and it grows never been cut. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, the blade cuts at an angle, so it feels stubbly it feels it's thicker but and this is the important one shaving does not mean your hair grows back thicker stronger <laughs> quicker or any of that it's just the angle at which the blade cuts it gives it that impression but then again if it does feel like that <laughs> people are still not going to continue doing it right <laughs> so basically that's not a myth busted that's more like you just destroyed everyone's hope of getting thick nah, so, so, that, <laughs> so the hope no if fine if you want the impression that you got thick if you want the illusion, right? yeah. If you want, if you want so, but we're here today to break the myths, and it doesn't. Saying that, being a medic, even knowing about it, I still did go ahead and try it. <laughs> so that's the funny. You gotta thing. try. You gotta try. Fine. You gotta try. So that's what was that? That's myth number four. Busted. Fine. Right. I think that was a quite cool one, to be fair. All right. What's the yeah, second? That was one? one I actually didn't know much about. So, yeah. yeah. But does it make sense though? It makes sense. Because imagine it's more of an illusion. Hair. Yeah. 
if you cut it straight, it's blunt. But if you cut it at an angle, which blades do, yeah, yeah, when it you, looks thicker because of the the way the light reflects. Yeah. And when you rub it against there, obviously it's going to come across crosser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fine. Interesting, interesting. All right, number five, number five. This is one, right? Mm. I'm trying to test, but it's near impossible, mm. right? So true or false? Sneezing with your eyes open will make them pop out. <laughs> All right. If you think it's true, comment. If you think it's false, <laughs> drop us a like. Yeah, drop us a like. <laughs> we got nothing else. You <laughs> can't else. test it. All right, go on, tell them. Now, I don't know, man. You research this one. Fine. Right, go for so, it. So <laughs> I've tried it as well. So instinctively, when humans sneeze, you close your eyes. It's yeah. more so to prevent things entering your eye, to aggravate it, to irritate it. Um, the way sneezing works is you build up pressure within you know your lungs your throat the sinuses all of that and you kind of push out yeah you know snot or your mucus by the way it can go up to like 100 to 200 miles an hour okay so that's like someone's snot that can come and hit you on the Slapping face in the do you face. know what i mean <laughs> so if you think about it and you're not too clued up in terms of science you're like okay if you're sneezing with that much pressure and you keep your eyes open fair enough you might pop out but the closest thing to it which I think it's fair to mention mm-hmm. is you can kind of sometimes damage or rupture the blood vessels that are near your eyes or your face and that kind of gives the impression of having really red eyes um, and it's quite common in people that give during labor so when you're delivering a baby because you're squeezing and pushing out so hard you mm-hmm. can rupture vessels around your face and your eyes so you get really bloodshot red eyes but keeping your eyes open when sneezing which is damn near hard enough to do anyway doesn't mean your eyes are going to fall out the socket um, however, this is interesting, yeah? So if you do need to sneeze, make sure you sneeze. Don't hold it in because the pressure that builds up within you, yeah? Oh, it can go into the... It goes into your into ears. Mm-hmm. You can kind of rupture your eardrum. You can damage your middle ear. Um, there you go. For all those people that sneeze, like... <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I get scared. Um, so that's what it is. It doesn't damage your eye sockets or the muscles mm. around your eyes, but it can rupture sm- some of the smaller vessels around your eyes. So I don't know if this is true or not. So th- what, how would we describe this one? Because a bit of it is kind of true. But your eyes don't pop Fine. out. Though, so in terms of yeah. the myth, do your eyes pop out if you sneeze with your eyes open? It's false. It's false. So yeah, that's, that's myth right, number Unless you try it, it can show us evidence. Fine, if you can try it, send it to us on, on, yeah. our, on, our, on, our, in Instagram, on our Instagram and we'll, we'll, put it up, it. we'll put it up as a story. So... Um, <laughs> Fine, so that's myth number five. Five busted. So this one, this one's uh, an an interesting case that I came across. Okay, so true or false, if you look at the sun, you can actually go blind. True or false, right? What do you think? Um, Completely blind. So Yes or no? I don't know. I know you can't, technically you can look at the sun, we see the sun every day. Yeah. But I don't know anything further than that. Okay, so I was reading about this myth and I was looking into the case studies that were out there. So this one case, right, where mm. this girl came into a clinic, saw mm. the doctor, and said, I keep bumping into things, mm. all right? So usually you do a full visual screen, visual examination, isn't it? And so you do the test, right, and there's two different blind spots yeah. in her eyes. Mm. So she can't see a certain area in both eyes. Fine. Doctor's absolutely baffled, like, how can this be? So before you go right. on, obviously loads of people are just mm-hmm. interested. Mm-hmm. Kind of explain what it means to have a blind spot why having two is mm. something so different. So we all have a. So if you imagine the eyes as a, two big circles, we'll put a diagram. Right? 
for a diagram up. Now, where the vessels that essentially connect and give its blood supply come into that circle, you have a small blind spot. That means you can't see it. Google uh, blind spot of the eye and you can get a pen and you can actually test it to find where that blind spot is. Anyways, so this girl came into clinic and mm. had two blind spots, mm. right? And it was particularly big. Blind spots are supposed to be smaller, remember? It's mm. a small blood vessel where it is. So the doctor then had a look at everything and then went through the history. And then eventually she found that, interestingly, she said, I was looking up at the sun mm. for, I forgot how long, but a particular X amount of time, mm. right? She said it was really bright. It was flashy, but I still looked at it because it was so beautiful, right? And what happened was, so they did a retinal screen of the back, okay, the back of the eye, and they literally found that it burned two, diff- two holes wow. in a symmetrical pattern. So the light rays came in at a certain angle into her eyes and symmetrically created extra blind spots wow so but it be, this one's true but but to be fair it's really difficult imagine looking at the sun yeah, it's man. difficult so she must have been looking at it for a no, fair no, bit you, but how would you, you do can, it though you can like, it's, if it's you force bright. yourself you can look at it yeah but then it becomes irritating overwhelming and your eyes will start to water so she must have like no, went you, past that mechanism exactly, or whatever and exactly. then continue to looking at it because i imagine naturally Naturally, you want to look away, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like hay fever yeah. and dust, right? You close your eyes and it waters, kind of stop anything that irritates the eyes. So I imagine in that case, I'm not 100% sure that she... Mm. It's like when you can stop a sneeze. So she must have overwhelmed that sensation yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. desire or protective yeah. mechanism to stop your eyelids shutting or whatever. Exactly. But, but yeah, you that's can, interesting. You can. So the, this, you can actually burn two holes in your retina. So um, be careful. Interesting. So, I don't know how common it is though. I, I presume that you can look at the sun, mm. right? But as you said, eventually it becomes irritative and also that you look away and mm. that specific amount of damage isn't caused. Yeah. But clearly she went well beyond that. So yeah. Fair enough. It'll be interesting. So make sure you wear your glasses, sunglasses. Yeah. And, and still you can't still look at you it. You can't, yeah, you're right. You, you know, can't, you're not fair, supposed to still look at it. A lot. The sun for that. To be fair, well, looking at anything um, bright will kind of mess up your eyes, to be yeah, fair. So yeah. yeah. That's true. Looking at the sun can give you a blind spot and it can damage your eyes. Essentially putting a hole in your eye. Yeah. Technically, right? Technically, yeah. Fine. So that was mm. myth number six. I don't know if it's busted. So myth number it's six not, is true. Not, Looking at the sun can give you a blind spot, can damage your eyes. Yeah. It, but, but you can look at the sun. It's so just you can look at the sun. damage. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so yeah, whatever. We've gone through that. You maybe. interpret that how you want. Fine. Yeah. Cool. So this is another very, very interesting myth. Um, so I think some of the older viewers may know about it um, it's mm. essentially true or false vaccines is associated with increasing the likelihood of children developing autism so you may have remembered this from mm. medical this school is huge. This so let us know yeah. what you think before we kind of tell you the answer in the comments yeah. below um, any idea? Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, I remember this because because uh, I'm obviously in the GP practice now, mm. so I see loads of people who say, "No, I'm not giving the MMR." Do you still have? Do you still experience this problem till today? Yeah, the, you have to remember it's as a as a mother or father. If there's any chance of something harming your child, mm. any chance, mm. you will not go ahead with it, and Fair that's enough. what it is. I think it's the chance. It's the chance that it is. Mm. Uh, but give the answer. Give so, the answer. There was a really famous study, um, if you think about it, not too long ago, so 1997, mm. and it was published in The Lancet. Um, so I don't know if you all know what The Lancet is. So The Lancet is a very prestigious um, 
academic medical journal mm. where some of the latest advances, some of the best cures in the world is published. And if you're published there, it's a very prestigious thing, mm. especially for an academic researcher. So 1997, um, a scientist kind of published this paper saying the MMR vaccine, so measles, mumps, rubella, which you probably heard and is super famous, increases the likelihood of children developing autism. So you can imagine everyone was shocked. It's published in The Lancet mm -hmm. and everyone's worried about it. So what they did is they obviously investigated, went into it further, and that study was kind of, what's the word? It got retracted or... No, it's completely from, it's disproven, isn't it? Disproven. There's a word, there's a retracted something. The so is, essentially bro. what they did is when they looked into the study, they found out there was loads of conflicts of interest, loads of procedural ways of doing these studies wasn't followed, lots of financial problems. Was was that doctor actually struck off as well? I'm not too sure what happens to the doctor. So you might, if you research it, MMR vaccine, yeah. autism, um, 1997, you can find out the background on it. So essentially they went into it, they found that there was loads of errors, loads of malpractice, and they retracted it. So like they disproved it 100%. And they went a step further, loads of other scientists did more studies showing if there is a link between vaccine and autism and not a single one of them found any link or association with giving mm. your child a vaccine and them developing autism and some even noted that children or some children and bear in mind this was British mm. children so obviously it's yeah. more prominent in the UK that some children had the symptoms of autism well before they had the MMR vaccine mm. so that completely disproved it. Do you know what it is as well? Um, so one of my supervisors was also telling me the signs mm. of autism that you see yeah. in a child, it manifests around the age that you get the MMR vaccine. Okay. So it's like a confounding factor. It's like you think, oh, I gave this vaccine, and but those signs were manifesting around that age it's period fine. anyway. So it's, it's just what people could add one plus one mm. to be. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So but no, you're right. So clearly there have been no link found mm. to this date between the two. I think, mm. but you know. The, the things with these things is as soon as someone publishes it, once it's in the head of the people, it's mm. very hard to forget it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like exactly. once you said, oh, you know, he's a really bad person, stay away from him. Once you hear that, you kind of register it and it's the first time you're hearing this news. It's very difficult for that person to kind of prove they're not a bad person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that is, a, to be fair, an important myth. MMR vaccines does not increase the likelihood of children developing autism. So that very common myth mm. is false. Yeah? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Right. Show me one. That was a bit somber. That was a bit, but that was a bit serious. That yeah. one. We had to we had to do that for the greater greater good. Fine. <laughs> Alright, let's go All to right. our next myth. The next myth. Morning sickness. Mm. Okay? So when you're pregnant, right, morning sickness. Is it true it's only in the mornings? True or false? We've got a gynecology and obstetric uh, specialist here. Answer please. After my four months rotation. <laughs> um so one morning sickness is awful but i'll tell you the stories of that later so loads of people probably hear it especially when you're pregnant i've mm. got really bad morning sickness really bad morning sickness a lot of people think it's only in the morning where like you're vomiting all over the floor it's called morning sickness but in actual fact a pregnant mum can vomit any time of the day it's essentially they can't keep anything down it doesn't need to be f you know food fluids whatever they can't keep it down and there's another myth associated with it. So they said, you know, if you've got loads of morning sickness, it means you're more likely to have a boy, mm. right? 
So a myth within a myth, yeah. Is that true? So it's not true. Okay. Um, there isn't any association I was with. But I was acting because people call me incompetent. No, you didn't know, did you? Did you actually know? <laughs> of course, Fair I down. know how the sickness pathway works. Man. How does it work? Do you know why people get more? It's the HCG and everything. All right. So what increases? All right, guys. This is us, us being. Okay, so so what causes? Yeah. So morning sickness is vomiting because yeah. of the base HCG. Yeah. What things or factors increase that? So what mums end up having morning sickness more so than usual? Obviously, if they're having twins. Okay. Uh, Why? Because twins have two different placentas. So they've got twice the number. Twice the number of that. Fine. Um, what else? Mums, obese people, Fine. people with thyroid issues. All right. Come on. Like, come on. First Fine. centile. <laughs> Don't try it. Anymore. All right. We'll do a vid- we're going to do okay. a video next week I'll on how to get first centile in exams. So morning sickness is due to a hormone in the body. Um, which is produced by the placenta and other factors, but most often, people that have twins, they've got twice the number of uh, twice the amount of hormones, so that increases the amount of morning sickness to have. Um, there are certain diseases to do with the placenta and the womb that increases the level of this hormone, which then increases mm-hmm. the amount of vomiting. For mums, I don't know if any pregnant women watch this, but it usually resolves within 20 weeks of your pregnancy. However, I've seen it loads of times in any, and it's one of the most awful things. Yeah, I see it a lot. Um, you probably get in GP and you try yeah. to treat it. If you can't treat it, they're coming to us in any people that have morning sickness. I actually feel for them because they can't drink, they can't eat anything. What even water they end up vomiting it back out. They're really awful, they're really dehydrated. Um, so, in terms of a myth, it's not true. You can have morning sickness anytime throughout the day, it doesn't mean you're more likely to have a boy. Also, people have found kind of stuff like ginger helps with the morning sickness. So Scientifically, they're in a link. Yeah. Like in terms of studies, anecdotally or like mums mm-hmm. telling mums. So apparently, it does work. Um, so if you, you have to the mums page for that, sort of yeah, well, you have to go to the forums. I was in I was in Ghana, so I had to learn <laughs> this. So for morning sickness, what we used to recommend was um, bland food, mm. nothing that triggers vomiting, like spicy foods, foods with strong smells. Eat frequent but small meals. Um, but yeah, before I go too scientific, yeah, too deep into that man. That myth is false. Morning sickness isn't just only in the morning. Fine, let's move on. I'm not gonna lie, you had me sweating. Is it? Yeah, Did it was you one know of those risk factors? No, <laughs> it's important. Deep you went deep my, into your brain. Into my brain for that. Fine. Anyways, fine. All right. Myth number eight: broken bones. Right, when they heal and everything, they grow back stronger than the initial bone. True or false? Let us know. It's an Asian thing. I'm telling you. You know, my mom used to say, yeah, if you break something or if you break bones, don't worry about it, it comes back stronger and better. Have you heard that? It's quite <laughs> yeah. common in Asia. I've heard it, I've heard it. If you um, do it, just heal. Yeah, stronger it becomes stronger. Fine. But do you know why? So this is, I don't know. I don't know why they thought that though. I, I so yeah, think about it. So this is before a lot of, you know, my family, they're not that educated. They haven't mm. done any science, but there is an element of truth to it. So... When you do break bone, mm-hmm. obviously, let's say you've kind of fractured your arm and there's a fracture, um, new bone does form mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of heals. In the first few weeks or the initial stages, you get what we call a callus or a ring of yeah. strong bone, which kind of isolates the, the fracture sites, stops it from getting worse, initiates mm. the healing process. And that thick rim of bone around the fracture is actually very, very strong. Yeah. So How, that, that's the compact bone, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 But... The problem is, after a few weeks, once you're fully into the healing motion, months after months, that bone obviously goes and then mm. the fracture site is healed. 
but it means that where the fracture was that bone that replaced it the new bone isn't as strong or good as the bone surrounding it or adjacent to it so but is mm. it weaker you're more likely to fracture in the same places though right yeah so so, yeah, the, so yeah. the myth is broken bones come back stronger so it, yeah, the myth it, is wrong it's, yeah it's false it's yeah initially it's true so that uh, side okay, let's say for the first few weeks is stronger okay so there's a caveat to this one okay fine. yeah so it's probably why i kept it at the end so <laughs> so imagine you fractured your bone yeah and then it kind of forms this new strong bone around it that bone is stronger than yeah, the bone yeah, above and below it yeah okay but after a few weeks moving into the months that bone kind of dissipates and you get the new bone mm. that healed that fracture site obviously is more likely to have a fracture. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you had a fall somewhere, broke somewhere, you had a fall again, you're more likely to break that again. So initially that fracture site is stronger than your original bone, but over time, in the long run, it isn't as strong and it is in fact weaker. Yeah. So I don't know if that's... How do you want to answer that? Triple. So the, it's broken bones are stronger than before. Yeah. I think the answer is it's based upon what when? time <laughs> yeah so we have to take a full history now okay, so, <laughs> so that's true and false history okay? but okay let's be in general in the long run i don't think it's just strong no 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 technically you're more likely to fracture in the same size isn't it yeah so, fair yeah. enough okay so fine. that's all the myths i think with you because we want to keep these videos short, short fun entertaining give you some knowledge kind of motivate inspire whatever it is different topic um let us know if you like this type of video something new something we've tried um and it would be something fun um so thanks for tuning in uh, listening to us debunking medical myths um if the response is good and you like it we can do more stuff or if you have a certain myth that you want us to bust or kind of research into let us know we'll be more hard more than happy to do a video on it um but make sure you tune in the next few weeks because we have a lot more new things coming and a few changes that you'll probably be interested to know about but as usual thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next week